Welcome listeners to Snippets of Knowledge. In today's episode, we delve into Patrick Lencioni's book, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team, a compelling analysis of the core challenges that teams face and practical guidance on how to overcome them. Get ready to uncover the foundational issues that can plague any team's effectiveness and learn how you can turn these dysfunctions into opportunities for growth and success. Whether you're leading a team or a member of one, there's something for everyone to take away from this insightful exploration. So grab a notepad because you'll want to jot down these nuggets of wisdom that just might change the way you work with others. Let's jump right in. In diving into Patrick Lencioni's The Five Dysfunctions of a Team, the first hurdle that teams often face is the absence of trust. Now, trust here isn't about assuming your team won't spill your coffee secrets. It goes much deeper. It's about vulnerability-based trust. Imagine a team where everyone feels safe enough to say, hey, I messed up or I need help. That's the foundation we're talking about. So why does lack of trust matter? Because without it, people wear masks. Figuratively, of course. They hide their weaknesses and mistakes. And no one wants to be the first to admit they don't have all the answers. This stifles the free flow of ideas and stops teams from getting to the heart of issues that could drive innovation. You see, when team members can't be genuine with each other, it derails the most crucial aspect of teamwork, collaboration. Think of it as trying to build a house on sand. Sure, it may stand up for a while, but it's not going to withstand any storms. And in the business world, storms come a-knocking quite frequently. To build this trust, Lencioni suggests that it starts with the leader being open, which then encourages others to follow suit. It's about creating a culture where vulnerability is not seen as a weakness, but as a strength. Activities such as personal history exercises, where team members share about themselves, or personality and behavioral preference assessments, can be golden opportunities to break down walls. But let's not sugarcoat it. Fostering trust is not a walk in the park. It's ongoing, intensive, and requires everyone to be on board. Think about it. If even one person holds back, it can cause others to hesitate, and before you know it, you've got a silent game of who'll blink first on vulnerability. Remember, teams that don't lay the trust groundwork are like smartphones without a signal. All the fancy features are there, but they can't connect to make the magic happen. And what good is a smartphone that can't connect? So as we explore these dysfunctions, keep in mind that overcoming the absence of trust is the critical first step towards building a rock-solid, collaborative, and thriving team. Conflict. It's a word that often carries a negative connotation, right? We're taught to avoid it, keep the peace, maybe even sweep disagreements under the rug. But in Patrick Lencioni's The Five Dysfunctions of a Team, we're encouraged to see conflict in a brand new light. Now, gear up for a bit of a paradox. The fear of conflict, it turns out, is actually a major roadblock to a team's growth. Think of it this way. When teammates are hesitant to express their true opinions during discussions, it's often because they're trying to avoid tension. They value harmony over what could be perceived as rocking the boat. The irony, though, this very avoidance is what keeps the boat from moving forward. Lencioni drives home the point that it's through rigorous, passionate, and sometimes loud discussions that the best ideas bubble up to the surface. Imagine a world where speaking up is celebrated, not shushed. It's not about arguing for the sake of arguing, but instead, it's about embracing what Lencioni refers to as productive conflict. So how do we get there? It starts with a shift in mindset. We need to cultivate an environment where differing opinions aren't just tolerated, they're welcomed. It's about breaking the bonds of artificial harmony 
and pushing each other to question and debate in the name of finding the best solutions possible. And let's not forget, it's vital that respect and camaraderie remain the bedrock of these debates. One practical tip from the book, establish clear rules of engagement. Lay the groundwork for how team members should engage in conflict, ensuring that everyone understands it's about attacking the problems, not the people. This can go a long way in making sure voices are heard and valued. Encouragement and modeling of debate by leaders can also play a critical role. When the leader openly engages in constructive disagreement and appreciates the discussion from all sides, it sets the tone for the entire team. People feel their input matters, and the collective focus sharpens on what's best for the team, the project, the company. Ultimately, when we address and overcome the fear of conflict, we empower teams to engage deeply, commit truly, and innovate continuously. It's about transforming the very fabric of how teams communicate and operate. And honestly, isn't that a bit exciting? It's all about embracing the clash of ideas, knowing that on the other side of that healthy battle lies the potential for extraordinary team achievements. On to the third dysfunction that Patrick Lencioni highlights in The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. Lack of commitment. This goes beyond not keeping promises or missing deadlines. It's about a team's inability to commit to decisions, creating ambiguity throughout the organization. So why does this happen? Often it's because teams haven't aligned around decisions. There's a lack of clear direction or some members feel their opinions haven't been heard or considered. When people don't buy in, you can bet they're not committed. This wobbly foundation leads to poor performance and ultimately failure to achieve team goals. Hold up, don't get discouraged yet. There's a silver lining. Lencioni provides us with some practical strategies to combat this dysfunction head on. It starts with fostering a culture where all voices are acknowledged in the decision-making process. I'm talking about creating an environment where robust discussions are the norm, where debates are encouraged, and everyone walks away knowing their input was valued. Now flip the script. Once a decision is made, it's vital to support it as a united front, even if it wasn't your preferred outcome. Unity is key. Leadership should also aim to be transparent about the rationale behind decisions, as clarity can lead to greater buy-in. Perhaps it won't be an instant transformation, but with perseverance, you'll see the fog of ambiguity lift, revealing a more focused, decisive team moving forward. Leaders can also set the tone by demonstrating their commitment first, showing what it means to stand behind decisions and paving the way for others to follow suit. When there's a culture of clarity and unity in commitments, watch how your team's sense of confidence and trust grows, setting the stage for success. Remember, Commitment doesn't mean you're setting things in immutable stone. It means you've agreed on a course of action and you're all in, ready to adapt together as needed. Next time your team faces a crossroad, ask yourselves, are we truly committed to this path? If you hesitate, you know there's work to be done. And trust me, committing to that work will be your team's game changer. As we progress on our deep dive into Patrick Lencioni's The Five Dysfunctions of a Team, let's tackle dysfunction number four. Avoidance of accountability. Now, this is where things get intricately tied to the fabric of teamwork. Picture this, a group of talented individuals, each an expert in their fields. But when it comes to pointing out each other's mistakes or missed deadlines, there's silence. It's almost like this unspoken agreement to not tread on each other's toes. And while this might sound like politeness, it's a team's downfall in disguise. The thing is, when no one holds anyone accountable, standards start to slip. Without gentle but assertive pressure from peers, it's easy for members to get relaxed about their deliverables. 
This is fundamentally different from the top-down approach where accountability comes from the team leader or the manager. The impact is far stronger and lasting when it comes from a colleague you respect and work closely with. So why do teams often steer clear from peer-to-peer accountability? At its core, it's discomfort. It's not easy to tell a teammate, hey, what you did there might not be the best approach, or you missed the mark on this one. However, this discomfort pales in comparison to the results that come from regular and constructive accountability. What should teams do then? First, establish clear standards. This means that everyone knows what's expected, not just in terms of goals, but also in behaviors and processes. Then, encourage open dialogue where feedback isn't feared but welcomed. That's right, we need an environment where everyone can voice their concerns and criticisms, but in a way that's rooted in a genuine desire for collective success. And most importantly, it's about commitment, a shared commitment to the team's goals and to each other. When team members truly care for the well-being of the group, accountability becomes less about blame and more about helping each other improve. This is when a team begins to transform, fostering a culture where respect and high standards aren't just aspirational values, but lived experiences. It's a journey that isn't easy, I won't sugarcoat it, but the destination, a high-functioning, cohesive team, is more than worth the bumps along the way. So ask yourself, how well does my team cope with holding each other accountable? And what steps can we take to embed this critical element deeper into our daily routine? All right, that's a wrap on dysfunction number four. It's a powerful one, isn't it? Next up, we're going to look at the final piece of the teamwork puzzle, dysfunction number five, inattention to results. Stay tuned. Welcome back to our deep dive into the five dysfunctions of a team. We've now reached the fifth and final dysfunction that Patrick Lencioni sheds light on, inattention to results. It's natural to assume that any team would prioritize results above all else, right? But the truth is more complicated. Imagine a team where individuals are so focused on their personal ambitions and metrics that the collective goal becomes a secondary thought. This dysfunction manifests when team members prioritize their ego, career development, or even individual recognition over the collective results of the team. It's the classic me-before-we mentality, and it can poison team achievements at its core. So, how do we address this? It starts with creating a culture where team success is celebrated above personal glories. Leaders play a crucial role here. They must set the tone by valuing team outcomes more than individual accomplishments. This means rewards, recognition, and incentives aligned with team performance can do wonders. Moreover, it's essential to establish clear, shared goals that everyone understands and commits to. When there's a common objective that is measurable and meaningful, it's easier for team members to work collaboratively towards it. Regular check-ins on progress can also keep everyone aligned, fostering an atmosphere where the collective results are front and center. Another powerful tactic is to ensure transparency within the team. When each member's contributions, or lack thereof, to the team's goals are visible, it encourages a sense of personal accountability to the group's results. But remember, this isn't about shaming or singling out. It's about encouraging everyone to pull together and share both the burdens and the victories. Lastly, the team must have the discipline to stay the course. Even when personal opportunities or challenges arise, maintaining a focus on the team's results ensures that inattention does not creep in. It's a bit like rowing in unison. If one person starts rowing to their own rhythm, the collective effort will falter. In sum, steering clear of inattention to results takes a proactive approach. 
from leadership's example to structuring rewards and maintaining accountability. When everyone in the team is in sync with the notion of achieving collective results, that's when you'll see real, sustainable success. Now, the question to ponder is, what can you do within your team to ensure that the team's results are not just an aspiration, but a reality? All right, we've navigated the treacherous waters of team dysfunction and unearthed some invaluable insights thanks to Patrick Lencioni. It's one thing to recognize the dysfunctions, but another entirely to rectify them. So what's next? How do we take these insights from theory to practice? Firstly, let's zero in on rebuilding trust. It's the foundation. So encourage your team to share their experiences and vulnerabilities. Start with yourself. Be open about your failures and fears. It humanizes you and makes it safe for others to follow suit. Moving on to conflict, remember, it's not about being combative. It's about caring enough to engage. Next time there's a meeting, set the stage for open dialogue. Affirm that every voice matters and differing opinions are not just welcomed, they're needed. Commitment comes when everyone feels heard. After healthy debate, make decisions clear and cascade the rationale throughout the team. This cuts through ambiguity and empowers everyone to move in the same direction wholeheartedly. Accountability might be tricky because it requires us to call out peers on performance issues, but it can start with something as simple as a collective agreement on standards. Ensuring everyone is clear on what's expected makes holding each other accountable a lot more objective. Then there's the ultimate goal, staying focused on results. Keep the team's eyes on the prize by frequently revisiting team goals and celebrating wins, both big and small. It's about creating a culture where the group's success trumps individual glory. To wrap this up, the five dysfunctions of a team isn't just about understanding what goes wrong. It's a guide for setting things right. Every team is different, so use these steps as a starting point and tailor them as you learn what makes your team tick. Here at Snippets of Knowledge, we hope you found some golden nuggets to help strengthen your team's core. And with that, our chapter on Patrick Lencioni's wisdom comes to a close. Take a moment to dwell on these principles, share them, but most importantly, put them into action. Remember, great teams don't just happen. They are built, one layer of trust, one healthy debate, one commitment at a time. Until next time, keep learning, keep growing, and keep sharing snippets of knowledge.